Welcome to the Privilege Eruption podcast with me, Ishreen Bradley, Chief Inspiration Officer at Belonging Pioneers. And me, Kami Nuttall, founder of Culture Lab Consultancy. Privilege is a conundrum that dilutes the culture of fairness at work. And as a leader, you recognize that your organization has more to do. You want to create success through connection and belonging, and you're unsure about how to make it happen. Now, the Privilege Eruption podcast is where you have the opportunity to evolve breakthrough thinking about the impact of power, privilege and purpose and how that shows up at work. And in these podcasts, you will gain the courage and confidence to realize a culture of inclusion for all. Has the ticking time bomb finally exploded in a very public way for organisations in the UK? In these first three episodes of Series 6, Roger and I start to explore the impact of the ticking time bomb that has finally exploded for the post office and Fujitsu 24 years after it first installed Horizon in the UK's sub-post offices. For over a year now, Cami, Roger and I have been predicting an explosion of this scale in the public and private sector, beyond the time bombs that we've seen in politics and the media that we discussed last year. But why has it taken so long? Why have innocent sub-postmasters had to go through the emotional, reputational and financial trauma that the way Fujitsu and the post office behaved has caused them to suffer. In this trilogy, Roger and I share our personal experiences as we watch the ticking time bomb explode on TV and identify three intersecting elements of relative privilege that the post office and Fujitsu had that enabled them to drag it out thus far. Welcome to the Privilege Eruption podcast, a podcast by belonging pioneers and culture lab consultancy about the questions and ideas around the hidden barriers to achieving our DEI goals. This is where we erupt the constraining impact of privilege and explore new possibilities in the context of shared power and purpose. This is where we explore and test out our ideas with amazing guests who have done or are doing the work. So if you enjoy what you hear on this podcast, if you have some new insights, please do share those with us. We'd love to um, build a portfolio of your views and use that to improve what we provide for you on this podcast. We've had some great feedback so far and um, we look forward to your thoughts in exploring this very serious issue. Enjoy the podcast. So the information... Relative power of information. It's so relevant. The metaphor I would play on this one is is to say that they were. it was like playing poker with someone where you're playing blind and the person you're playing against can see their cards and yours. Yeah, that's exactly (laughs) how it was, isn't it? It's a game. And of course, the 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 piece of information that that kind of rings in everybody's ears, and uh, you know that piece of information, which A was a lie, mm. but B was the thing that suppressed them from talking to one another. Because what would you then do as a pro postmaster? You wouldn't ring up other postmasters and say, "I've lost twenty thousand pounds from the till." You wouldn't want that information to be shared. So it was a way of controlling people 
Because yeah. how would they ever be able to find out that other people yeah. were suffering the same problem? They they depended on it, right? They depended yeah. on the fact yeah. that you were you that you believed that you were the only one this was happening to. And yeah. that was a breakthrough point, I think, in yeah. the program. Yeah, and I you know, I can just put myself in in their shoes in a way and just it must have felt so bad, the level of shame. So I would have felt so ashamed that I wouldn't want anyone to know, let alone another sub sub postmaster. So they depended on it until yeah. the bravery of Alan Bates, I believe, in the in the production, and I'm sure there were other people involved yeah. as well who yeah. reached out to other people and said, "This is happening to me. What's yeah. happening to you?" Yeah. Well, there was that one gentleman who actually did the analysis. He had the skills. I can't remember his name but I think he was in Newcastle or somewhere north of England and he actually looked through the records he reconciled things he looked at emails and he worked out that this was the post office's error so he overcame some of the relative power privilege that the post office had um, by using his knowledge of information so he had a bit of relative privilege around information that helped him to figure out, do you know what? This is not my fault. And I can say it's not because of this, 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 and this. And you've made an error in that way. Um, but even that got thrown out of court, didn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, that, and this is where the power combines with the information to create this fatalistic outcome, which is basically... We're powerful, we're going to bully you, and yeah. then we're, we're going to suppress the information. Yeah. Therefore, now, just think about it for a second. That surely, in central, in the centre at the post office, they would have been getting reports in to say 30, 40, 50, 60, 100, 150, how many hundreds of postmasters were yeah. now showing debt That's and stealing it. money from the company. That's it. When did how how did that go on without somebody saying, "Hang on a second, there's a pattern here"? Not not at any point during the investigations, during the the, yeah. the evidence that was shown, yeah. did anybody at any point say, "Well, we saw this pattern emerging yeah. of of failures and and potential thefts mm. and." We wondered why is this happening? What? Exactly. Surely we haven't hired literally thousands of yeah of, of dodgy postmasters. <laughs> well, that's and nobody nobody ever seems to ask that power and information no. combination. No, and and if you think about it, this was not spotted before, yes. which means there would have been a fundamental flaw in the post office's governance. Yes. That they could get away with it. Exactly, because there's a pattern of behavior emerging. And you, as systems, as a systems analyst, you and I would have looked at that and said, hang on a minute, there's a pattern of behavior here. Yeah. So this is not right. Now, oh, by the way, because, you know, there, like other stories in the news, there are three people in this relationship, not just two. Because then you have the guys at Fujitsu yes. saying, hang on a second. Um, we're getting lots of these errors occurring. Yeah. There are a lot of these system problems occurring. So then maybe there was another information power play going on where Fujitsu weren't telling the post office 
the truth about possible. the situation. Possible. It's a possibility, right? It hasn't been proven yet. Yes, and what's it's not, highly likely. That's right. But what's not clear in terms of relative privilege around information is who was behind that hot room where you had <laughs> Fujitsu programmers literally fiddling the figures yeah. online actually, in real time. Actually accessing live systems. Yes. Actually so, directly accessing live systems. Yes. Now, you and I both know that that is possible. Of course. But it can't happen by accident, right? That has to happen by design. Oh, no, that so was... why was that back door left open? Well, it's not just that the software back door was left open, but programmers were being told deliberately to fiddle the numbers. It wasn't... It, it wasn't it wasn't somebody out there who managed to hack into the system. They were Fujitsu employees. Hacking their own hacking their hacking own their system own creation. To rip off small business owners. Question question. Were they doing it under orders from the post office or were they doing it under orders from Fujitsu leadership? That is my question, and we hopefully they will find out. But at you know, some point, we hopefully will we find hope out. hope so, but you know, it's outrageous that it's taken twenty years so far. Yeah, and so, we still don't so know. So there's another there's another little bit of a power struggle there, isn't there? Because yeah. there's the power of the post office, and then there's the power of Fujitsu. Yeah, to to do something that would be totally and utterly against core principles of systems yeah. implementation, which yeah. is to leave this back door so you could go and fiddle with people's now what by the way, by the way, mm-hmm. did they build the back door or was it always there? And in which case, why was it even put in the first place to enable them to fiddle the live system? Why was it put there in the first place? Very interesting. Curiouser and curiouser. Did they did they already anticipate that it was going to fail and cause problems and therefore they were looking for the way out or it wasn't ready yeah. for implementation? More than uh, likely, right? This is a failed system that they know has yeah. failed and they're using it, finding a new, you know, it's kind of that known product to a new market kind of thing, yeah. isn't it? So there's a relative privilege issue here that's not only uh, not only between Fujitsu and the postmasters and the post office and the postmasters, but there's yeah. a relative privilege, potential relative privilege issue between Fujitsu and the post office itself. Exactly, exactly. Did, did the post office know what Fujitsu were up to? Did Fujitsu know what the post office were well, up to? Well, exactly. And there was that little clip in the TV program where Paula Vanels was um, leaving a voicemail to someone at Fujitsu saying, I really need to know. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And, and do you know, the responsibility, one of the things, if you, if this, this goes back a little bit, you know, this, this originally happened. Some of, some of the bad work here was done prior to the year 2000. Yeah. And you might, just to spin the clock back a little bit, you and I were involved in lots of year 2000 assessments yes. with clients. 
Yes. And if you remember, the, the fear in year 2000 was, was, was that, that we, that was promulgated by the IT industry was that the date would creep over and then suddenly everything would go to zero and right. lifts would stop working yeah. and your systems would stop transacting, yeah. et cetera. Well, you know, that we all know that that wasn't the problem. Mm. The problem was, is that we went to sat, sat in boardrooms with, with board, with board representatives, C-suite representatives and sat down and started to explain to them how their financial infrastructure was totally at risk if their computer systems didn't work. Yes. That's and those people invested. looked around the room and said, we're dependent on computer systems <laughs> since when? Who's yeah. responsible for this? Yeah. And no one in the room was there representing IT. Yes. So the big thing that happened in the millennium crisis or whatever it was that you want to call it, mm. the year 2000 crisis, was, was in fact that people suddenly realized just how important IT was to them. That's right. And the future of their business. And we have to remember that this problem started while that mentality still pervaded. Yes. That people thought of IT as a sort of a sideshow thing, nothing to do with the reality of running the business. The business was all about, you know, the buildings and the people and yeah. the process and all that That's stuff. Right. Not the IT. No, no, and the now, IT was just something that sat on the side and, well, we, we'd do, we'd do um, you know, essentially it was used for word processing and PowerPoints and things, right? Yeah. And then you had to, even ERP wasn't really, wasn't there at that time, was it? Enterprise it, it resource was just, planning. just about beginning to take hold. Yeah. Just about beginning to take hold. But, we, but you know, the, rea the, the reality of the situation was that is, is that, Following that, those year 2000 assessments, people started this, this idea of a CIO or chief information officer yeah. or, or a CTO, chief technology officer, yeah. suddenly the IT director, all of these people now emerged from the shadows. Yes. And suddenly accountability for the IT systems became important. Yeah. But the post office seems to have kind of surfed through that process, come out the other side and gone, hey, you know, what happened? I'd love to know who did the year 2000 assessment for the post office. That would be interesting. I don't think it was us. It wasn't us. <laughs> well, it we weren't us. working in that space anyway, thankfully. You know. But so, so in the so the the privilege conundrum, right? This, yes. This this privilege eruption, this ticking time yeah. bomb yeah. that suddenly exploded. Yeah. Once but literally thousands, thousands of, time of times in the hands of each of the postmasters. Yes. Yes. That's the diversion and the problem mm. and then the power and the information privilege. Yeah. Those two factors combine to suppress the whole yeah. thing. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you for joining us. Our intention is to bring you new insights about the impact of power, privilege and purpose at work for you and for your organisation. You can check out our episode description for social media accounts and how to get in touch with us. And don't forget to send in your questions. We look forward to sharing more about power, privilege and purpose at work with you on this podcast. Now, if you got value, please remember to share it with your networks. Please leave us a review. And as Cami said, please do remember to send us any questions that you'd like us to discuss on this podcast. And we'll see you next time. Next time. Bye.